Welcome back to Vision in the Valley. I am extremely excited about this season. The layout was developed a little bit differently than compared to the other seasons. I'm thinking about how the Lord has given me moments and dreams and conversations, but all relative to his perfect timing. The titles and the subject matters were all outlined ahead of time, and that's not the typical process for me. Each of these titles in season five were topics that I had a revelation on earlier, some dating way back to before I even recorded season one, yet they didn't quite fit. It seemed like it was like too heavy or I'd have to rush through it or not be able to really dive into it. But look at God. Here we are with the whole season dedicated to his perfect timing. It's time to talk about time, right? He is time and he is perfect. We talked about cognitive reframing in episode one and how time helps us to rethink and rename what we originally believed were negative experiences and to shift our mindsets to view the moment or the experience from a different perspective. Remember, we talked about catch it, check it and change it. In Vantage Point, What's Hiding Your Moon, episode two, we talked about satellites and how they help us to stay connected and how they provide, you know, valuable information. And sometimes we have to go out of our way to connect with the thing or to connect with people that motivate, empower and inspire us. We have to be really intentional about these kinds of things. And as I began to think about satellites, I began to think about GPS and what it really means. So GPS or the global positioning system is a system we use daily. We use it when we're talking on our phones, when we're navigating in our cars, whatever we're doing to connect with each other or to get to each other, right? Much of the GPS and how it works is really taking for granted. And I I kind of got uh, an intimate understanding of that when I started to research for this particular episode. There's a whole atomic clock behind the scenes and it's used to measure time. And that that kind of blew my mind because I, I hadn't ever really thought about it. But the math and the physics behind the scenes is just incredible. You don't have to even be someone who is interested in math and physics to just be in awe of how it all works. In fact, you can get lost in the whole thing. And, and that's what I found myself doing, just researching. And And I am a bit of a researcher by design. I, I love information. So that excites me. But even if you're not that kind of person, just respecting how much goes into a thing, if you will, is is exciting, right? At least to me. But, you know, with all that being said, what I find even more amazing than the measuring mechanisms and the collaboration of nations to achieve the international atomic clock, I mean, who even knew that that was a thing? Or even the synchronization of the satellites to be sure that we're getting the accuracy is that we are all chasing time. In fact, it's so important that when nations can't agree on any other thing, we can collaborate about time, right? And that's where that international atomic clock comes into play. Some things are just that important that we know we need to come to an agreement or a, 
an understanding about. It's important what we do with it and it's important how we spend it. It's important how we reflect on it, right? Positively or negatively. So here's a thought. When we were using the tools we learned in cognitive reframing, we learned to view and experience differently. And if we view it from a positive mindset, it'll change or can change our behavior or our feelings about that experience. So I'd love for you to go back. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go back and check it out. But to me, that whole situation is like getting time back, like a refund, if you will. We waste time when we think about how we were mishandled and how we were mistreated. And it may be true. All of that may be true. But then when we do that, it makes us sad or angry. And then we begin to go down a rabbit hole of emotions. And it's all triggered from how we viewed that moment, that experience. But if we approach it through those cognitive reframing techniques and tools that we talked about earlier, we start to, and we learn how to process that, catch it right right away. We learn to witness it for ourselves and then change the perspective more instantaneously. And then we save time, right? Because we're no longer beating ourselves up over how a person did us. That's really refreshing to me. And I really wanted to be sure to say it in the terms of refund. I meant to say it that way because I want you to think about time in a tangible way because time is capital. It's money. We hear it all the time, but it's it's capital. Every moment we spend going in the opposite direction of our goals is problematic. The same way we think about being good stewards of our finances we have to start thinking about being good stewards of our time as well. So time, it's the thing that we seek to control and to manipulate, but it's really beyond us. It's beyond our understanding. God is time and and he's not impacted by the turning of it. He is the turn of it, right? It moves according to his perfect will and his perfect plan and all things work in conjunction with that. In fact, 2 Peter 3 and 8 tells us that with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. But yet we worry about tomorrow and next week. It's just it's just mind blowing. God literally gives us the time to work his plan, time to complete our assignments, time to create and work the roadmaps that we need. And if we connect the dots, we realize that even our work lives, our professional lives have purpose and and is connected to our anointed assignments. Remember back in, I think it was season one, uh, possibly season two, where I shared with you all my formula that gifts divided by assignments equals purpose. So what I'm saying in those moments or in that formula or reminding those of you who I've shared this with already is that what you have, what the Lord gave you naturally, what you're really good at naturally, right? You don't have to work hard at. It's just who you are. It's that natural gift. Those gifts go easily and evenly into your assignment. And that renders your purpose. And for every space in your life, if you think about what it is that you're really good at doing, when you have an assignment, when your true assignment, that gift goes evenly and easily into it. It's the kind of thing that the job may be hard, 
but you make it look easy because that's where you are purposed, right? So it's, I've seen it throughout my life and that formula, I, like I said, back in season uh, one or two, it, I'm getting trademarked because I'm so excited about what it means and even what it means for alignment period and where we're going with that, which is the jewelry line from Vision and Valley. And I, I hope to share more information with you on that really soon. In fact, by the end of this season, we'll have some updates for you. But when we're talking about these roadmaps and how the Lord gives us time to work those roadmaps, I think about an actual road trip, right? And GPSs. So when we are going on a trip, we connect with the GPS. It's a very intentional act. We do this so often. If you're like me, I am logistically challenged. I admit it. I, I, I know a lot of things. I've, I've said this to you guys. In fact, I've shared episodes where I'm talking about going, <laughs> going in, 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 in circles trying to get to a location. But I'm logistically challenged and I know it. So even for familiar places, I tend to just log into my GPS because I don't have, I just don't have time to be lost. I don't have time. That's a full statement, right? I don't have time to be lost. I've got things to do and I don't have time to be lost. So I, I even log into the GPS, even when I'm familiar somewhat with where I'm going. Here's where I also log into my GPS and my GPS, which I hope is also your GPS is instead of it just being the global positioning system, my GPS is God's perfect strategy. I know that he's the author and finisher of my faith. So I trust him and I know that he's placed me in difficult situations to test me at times to mold me and others. And I also know that the same situations that I thought were difficult or even at points thought were punishment. I later use those very times to witness to someone else, to give some encouragement and not just blanket encouragement, not just this lighthearted encouragement, but this, I've been there, I've done this. I know what it feels like. And I know that when people talk to me, when they, when they bless me with their testimonies, I know what it does for me. So I know for a fact that that is intentional positioning. The Lord literally put me in a space so that I can live it, feel it, experience it, taste it. You know what I mean? So that later when I testify to somebody, they feel that heart and that energy pouring out of my words. They see it on my face. They see it in my hands as, as I express myself. So it's kind of funny because when I think about it, we talk about cognitive reframing. And I say to myself, the Lord is saying, okay, you guys are calling it cognitive reframing. And that's good. I'm glad that you're thinking very positively about it. But I already named it and I called it your testimony. <laughs> so I, I, I just laugh at it because we're always coming up with something that he's already said what it is. It's, it was good when he called it. But here we are. When I think back on the goodness of the Lord, I am just overwhelmed at how I'm able to use my hard times and my struggles as encouragement for someone else. So the traditional GPS provides information on where we are on earth. And the GPS I just shared with you, God's perfect strategy, tells about tells us about our position in the spirit, right? That's that's good. 
while we're talking about the GPS, one of the critical formulas in calculating the navigation is the measurement of distance. And I want to blow your mind. I hope I'm not. This is one of those times when I said it was going to go a little heavy. I want to blow your mind here. So when we think about distance, the formula, you know, I love formulas. I just shared with you one of them. The formula for distance is that distance equals velocity times time. So that's velocity multiplied by time. Before we go any further, let's talk about what velocity is. I know we know what distance is from a layman's term. We just talked about what the formula is, right? But let's talk about velocity. Velocity and speed, because I think sometimes people interchangeably use those words. And I just want to break it down, especially for the sake of this conversation. Speed is the time rate at which an object is moving along any given path, right? But velocity is the rate and the direction in which it moves. So speed is 50 miles per hour, whereas velocity is 50 miles per hour west. Got it? Good. So here's where I really want to lean in on how important not only is speed, how quickly we do a thing or how quickly we go is, but the direction in which we go is as important to that whole calculation. Now here is where I'm going to blow your mind. I had a dream the other day. As a matter of fact, I had started writing this episode and had some delays because I was not feeling well. And so the episode was almost complete, except I hadn't closed out my remarks yet. And as you guys know by now, I have these very vivid dreams. And on this particular night, I had so many of them. And I oftentimes have multiple dreams and some of the dreams lead into other dreams, like as if they're connected sometimes or completely opposite. So on this particular night, it was one of those nights where I had a billion dreams. I felt like I had at least, I don't know, 12 dreams that I could actually recall. And the none of them seem to like stand out. Like sometimes I'll, I'll have like this moment of like, aha, like that's a divine situation right there. Let me jump into it. But this wasn't like that. This, this dream, I was kind of wondering what was going on with it. Let me tell you what happened. So it was the end of one dream segueing into another. I won't bore you with all of the details of the dream. I'm going to just go into the part where I'm in a limo with some people. And I think the limo had wedding parties, some, some, not all parts of the wedding party, but some parts of the wedding party. And I, and so we're in the limo. I was not originally a part of it, but I had been asked to join them. So we were in this limo and the limo, as we were moving, it had the ceiling, the roof or so was, was down or off. Right. And then we were just like going in motion and we were facing the direction of, it seemed like a single lane road. And it kind of reminded me of like, you know, like a island kind of um, space. I, we were not in the city or anything like that. And as we were moving, 
Okay. So the person in, in the, in the limo was a celebrity and we had, so as the dream progressed and we were going down this road, the doors on the side of the limo were open. So now people on the outside can see inside of the vehicle and the locals recognized the celebrity that was inside of the vehicle. And so they automatically started to you know, go for her. They wanted to like reach out to her and, and touch her or whatever. And so as soon as that happened, I'm saying to myself, like, this is not good. This is, we're still going in this direction where there's more people. This is not good. And then I realized that when I turned to look at the people, I noticed that the driver was on the opposite end. So we had been facing the back and we were going backwards. And so I, it didn't feel weird because we were facing that direction. But when I noticed that the driver was in, in the other end and like behind us, I said, hold on, are, are we going backwards? What's going on? And then someone in the limo said something like, oh yeah, it's a one car length street or road. We have to go back. You can only go backwards and forwards. Something generic like that. And I remember thinking, oh, this is not good. Because I could see that we were headed toward more people. And I'll just tell you that the further we went, the more it started off as people just wanting to touch and be near the celebrity. But the further we went into it, they became more like they were attacking. And to the point that at the very end, we got stuck and they had weapons and had started to use the weapons on the the vehicle. And so in this dream, you know, I've talked to you guys before in my dreams when I'm under pressure that way, something's in my mouth and I can't, I can't say what I want to say, but I always go for the most part, I always go into prayer. And then this particular dream, I go into prayer immediately and I'm not interrupted. I'm able to, to pray and I can hear the bullets popping off of the car. And I can even see a bullet go into the window of the, of the limo. But I, I'm, and I'm waiting to feel something because as you know, by now I can feel taste and smell and all this stuff in my dream. And I'm waiting to feel this sense of pressure or piercing or something, but I didn't feel it. And I'm just praying all the way through and everyone I, I was praying over. I kind of like, I, I motioned them to come, like, come here. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for us. And they all leaned in and I'm putting my arms around them and I'm praying for them. So we ended up getting out of the, out of the situation and we got back to location and there were some folks in the car who got, sh- had gotten shot, but they were like graze wounds. I, I could see something on their fingers and very minimal impact, right? Compared to what it could have been considering we were going one way. We were going backwards. And as long as the occupants in the limo, myself included, faced the wrong way, we were all happy and had no issues with going the wrong way because it didn't feel like the wrong way. When your body is positioned the wrong way, you can't even realize that you're headed because you feel motion. So motion and you see, you see what you believe is progress is just motion because guess what? You're moving and you're moving, facing the way you're moving. But our GPS, that internal GPS, that God's perfect 
strategy GPS is a thing where we're supposed to say, you know, we're moving, but we're moving in the opposite direction. We're moving opposite of where we should be going. So just to have movement is nothing. Just to have some distance on us is nothing. We need to measure the velocity and what rate we're going and in which direction are we going. And the time that passes by for me is just like I said, God, it's time. So I just totally said to myself, God's perfect timing is always going to lead us back to the correct positioning, our intentional positioning where he wants us intentionally. And when that happens, you're going to be facing the way you need to be facing and not looking backwards because you're going to feel. And if in, in the moments that you are facing the wrong way, because it happens, right? We, we all have that time. You're going to notice it right away. Hold on. This don't feel right. Let me think, are we going backwards? And that is what the GPS is all about. So log into your internal GPS so that you can one, be reminded of your intentional positioning and two, realize when you're headed in the wrong direction. I can't wait to talk to you soon.